let it be known that empty house sex is infinitely better than occupied house sex. If I may, to take you on a strange journey. This is Basil Hayden's Dark Rye. It is by far, hands down, my favorite rye whiskey. I highly recommend it. Well, here's to a good show. Salon Javar. Hail Satan. Welcome to Nine Cents. <laughs> Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Reverend Campbell. It's great to have you. Thanks so much for joining live. If you're joining live, and thanks for watching after the fact, if you're watching it after the fact. It's January 10th, and as of today, we have 90,363,015 worldwide cases of COVID-19, with 1,939,040 deaths. Still got a great show for you. <laughs> That's right. At the top of the show, in The Devil's Advocate, we're going to be talking about why Satanists should stop crying about free speech. And the infernal informant, pro-Trump Republican freshman who joined Josh Howley's election crusade should worry us. And here's how to spot the rare conjunction of Jupiter, Mercury, Saturn in the sky tonight. Tonight. And I'm going to close it with the creature feature. It's, a, it's been a, a couple years, but I just watched it yesterday. Vice, the film. We're going to get into it. Sweet hell are we going to get into it. So I hope you're in for it. It's going to be a good one. Uh, William, thanks so much for joining us, man. Logan, great to see you. Thanks for joining live. Cryptic Clown, how you doing? Uh, Joaquim, what up? I understand if you can't hang in. The hour difference is pretty steep. 2 a.m. is, uh, that's a lot to ask. But I appreciate you stopping in to say hey. Hey. Uh, Valeria, how you doing, Han? Jason, what's up? Chris, thanks for joining live tonight, man. Uh, Dandelion Bodies. Have I mentioned that I like that name? I feel like I have. But if I haven't, I like that name. It's cool. All right, Kyle. How you doing, man? Thanks for joining live. And for anyone else after the fact, if you have any questions or comments throughout the course of this conversation, please put it in the chat. I will get to it if I can in any way. Let me bump up my bitrate really quick. I just got my do cut just a little bit. Nice little fade going. <laughs> it's been a while. I've been growing it out. I feel kind of shaggy. So every once in a while, I just got to lop it off. Feel better about myself. Um, speaking of feeling better about myself, uh, this week, I had a goal. I had a goal to have one full week of closing all of my rings on my, my activity rings on my watch. Um, and this seems like it would be an easy thing. Uh, according to my health... Uh, my uh, insurance company, I guess it would be, uh, that gives me my medical insurance. They have this app that tells you based on your height and weight and age, how many calories you should be burning every day in order to stay healthy. And I've been meeting that 
goal for quite some time. But Apple Fitness has like their watch with just like three rings. And if you close all those, you get these little awards and badges and stuff. Well, I closed mine today. That means a week of complete closing, which during the week, it's not a big deal. But on the weekends, all I want to do is sit around and watch this old house. <laughs> That's how I roll. Um, and so getting my ass off, off that couch on the weekends, um, well, that's something. <laughs> so I did and I feel good. I don't know if you guys suffer from this. I have real body image issues, like genuine issues. Uh, and it's a fucking struggle. You know, I, I just want to look good for myself and for my wife and I don't feel like I'm there. And so that's why I'm driven into fitness in the first place. Um, and getting this watch in order to help track that has only intensified its gamified fitness. And I don't think it's entirely healthy, but it certainly kept my mind active on what I'm doing during the day, how much I'm active, how much exercise I'm engaging in. Uh, so I think that's a good thing overall. At least I hope it is. Uh, but again, who knows? It could just be another psychosis, a mental issue that, you know, I have dysmorphia or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe I'm just out of my mind, you know, just being obsessive about this stuff. How you doing, Jeff? Thanks so much for joining us. Wes, good to see you. I can't wait for man camp this year. Holy sweet hell is it going to be fun. We're going to the Stanley Hotel. We're going to be kicking it in the King Spooky Suite. Stephen King's favorite suite that's supposed to be haunted as shit up there. We're going to see ghosts. <laughs> if I see twins standing in the hall, I will pee my pants. I'm just putting it out there. It's going to happen. But I'm still looking forward to it because it's going to be a good time. Um, Behemoth, thanks for joining, man. I'm doing good. Thanks for joining. Uh, Dragon Moon, how you doing? Lots of strange pseudonyms you people have. <laughs> I'm sure there's reasons behind them. Interesting. Uh, hey, Stephanie, how you doing? What's up, dog? Oh, you just want to add 50 pounds to your bench press. Hell yeah. If I could get up to 50 on my bench press. <laughs> I have a dream. Uh, all right, let's, let's dive into the show. That's all I wanted to rap about. At the very beginning. What's up, Rod? How you doing? Uh, man camp. Uh, I don't know about family camp. Family camp is weird. The whole concept of it. Because you have family. And that's a deterrent. <laughs> I don't know. We do have to drive out there, though, and see you guys. We, we owe you. We owe you some time. For sure. Let's do uh There will be spooning. I'll need comfort. <laughs> In those long, hot nights. <laughs> I'm going to be wearing my kilt, uh, Zachary, not pants. I just got two new kilts. So I got my um, traditional Clan Campbell Tartan kilt. But these are like um, poly blend kilts. And so they're meant to be, you know, it's not wool or anything. It's meant to help breathe and uh, be a little more stain resistant for active lifestyles and stuff. So I got one for my Clan Campbell Tartan. And I got a U.S. Army Tartan, which looks fucking fly as shit. And so those are sort of my casual kilts that I like to wear. I'm definitely going to be bringing those. No pants. Kilts. And here's the other thing. If you're wearing shorts, why? Just wear a kilt instead. You're going to look better. Girls are wanting to see, are going to want to, to see what's underneath it. Uh, or boys, if you're into boys. Everyone wants to know what's under the kilt. You know. As if we don't know. 
but people want to know. And it's just a little bit of style, you know? You roll in a little bit differently. People are going to look. They're going to pay attention. I hope you don't have fucked up knees because those are going to be showing. <laughs> but other than that, it's a much better look. That's how I see it anyway. <laughs> that's, it. that's what I tell myself to convince myself that it's okay to wear a kilt out and about every day. All right, we're going to do a little devil's advocate. Let's do it. As I'm throwing up the image here, let me answer some questions. I got my kilts from usakilts.com. It's a fantastic kilt manufacturer, uh, stateside, Ohio, I think. Um, they're great. And they have military discounts too, which I appreciate. Uh, what are we talking about? We're talking about social media and free speech. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you thought it was just going to be about free speech, but no. <laughs> no, no. Any chance I get a... Any opportunity I have to shit on free on uh, social media, I'm going to do it. Um, and uh, it's called Regimental, Chris, all natural. And uh, it depends on the company <laughs> entirely. All right, why Satanists should stop crying about free speech. Um, I don't have any social media accounts, so I don't know what's going on. I just have to take the pulse of the nation or the world right now, and I can tell Anytime someone gets banned from social media, inevitably, you will have some Satanists chiming in on their behalf, shouting about how unfair it was. Um, especially if you align with the person, politically or socially, that was ousted. It happens all the time, so I know it's happened now. And if you haven't seen it, you're probably very lucky. And if you have seen it, let's talk about it. Because I find it very fucking hypocritical, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> So, let's get into this. If you live in the United States of America, you are told that you have inalienable rights. You're also told that all men are created equal. Now, we as Satanists know that all men are not created equal. That equality is a lie. It's a fantasy. It's like wanting the Dragon Queen to be real from Game of Thrones. It's just not a reality. Not going to happen. It's fantasy, right? That's what equality is. It's fantasy. So why then would we think that any other part would be real and honest? Like inalienable rights. Rights given by humans who are flawed to other humans who are flawed. Especially when there are laws restricting every single right that's guaranteed as inalienable. And so anytime I see a Satanist saying... Ah, the Second Amendment gives me the right to bear arms. Fuck you. It gives you a limited restriction. That you, as long as you operate within those bounds, legally, okay, fine. Do your thing. I don't give a fuck. Free speech has limits. Everything has restrictions attached to it. Every so-called right has restrictions attached to it. And that's at the government level. So then why would you ever think a corporation 
who provides a free service to you to use their platform so they can steal your personal data and sell it to the highest bidder would not exercise their desire to shut people down that are being shit disturbers. Of course they would. They don't owe you anything. Life doesn't owe you anything. And as Satanists, you should fucking better fucking know better. Like, come on. All right. When we as Satanists, who inherently, simply by identifying as Satanists, are immediately attached, if not to a counter, then to a subculture of people, why are we obsessed over public corporations restricting speech on their platforms? Why are we arguing and fighting so hard to mingle with the herd? If, if you see yourself as a Satanist and elite, the highest embodiment of human life. Why then do you want to rub elbows with all of the worthless people in the world? And yet there you are, doing it. You're just wading through the muck with them. You're spreading it. You're flinging it. You're trying to make yourself look great. All the while, you're part of the problem. And then you cry. You whine. When a corporation who obviously does not have your best interests at heart, nor aligns himself in any way with your socio-political ideology, let alone religious, why they would then shut you down. Did you not know about the Stanic Panic? Normal human culture does not accept us. And we should not care. We should not try to make them accept us. We don't need them. They are there solely to be manipulated and to grant us what we want them to grant us. Through subterfuge, through applied psychology, through lesser magic. Why do you want to be championed by these weak, feckless corporations? And then why do you care when they do what you already knew? is tell you that they don't want you there. You should start from a position as a Satanist. Start by saying and ex ex like acknowledging within yourself, I am different. That's not bad, but it's true. And whether or not that's a detriment to my future is how I behave. You should not try to conform or expect corporations or governments to give you some sort of free fucking card because you say you're better than everyone else. We're supposed to not be forgetful of past orthodoxies, like when we were demonized for merely existing in the satanic panic, and yet we cry when popular culture rejects us. Of course they're going to reject us. Of course they're going to stifle our speech. That's the starting point! Don't act surprised and cry when it happens. You knew that going in. And if you're a grown-ass adult who has been a Satanist for any, I don't know, few months, <laughs> you should fucking know better that that's going to happen. All right. I thought that it was the point, that we didn't want to be a part of popular culture, that we didn't need to connect with every other human. So why are so many Satanists diving in headfirst into social media, trying to fit in, trying 
to be a part of popular culture. I don't understand that. Why, why is that a... Th Ooh, am I buffering? Well, sorry if I'm buffering people. It looks like I might be. Why are you trying to do this? It has less to do with you expressing your opinions and more to do about you trying to build or maintain some sort of manufactured ego. By trying to have people liking your posts or following your profiles, you know it's all hollow. So why are you engaging in the activity in the first place? It is pathetic. It is sad. It is transparent. And no one thinks you're a value because of your social media profile. No one. You're fooling yourself if you think they do. So I would ask you to ask yourself if you're engaging in this behavior and then crying when you're stifled, why are you a Satanist? What is it about this religion that you think you connect with? Because your actions speak differently. Is it to show people how edgy you are? Or is it to be you and yourself? Just to be you. And I would argue that it cannot be the latter if you are in social media and complaining about them stifling your free speech. It's not free. You didn't earn it. You didn't fight for it. In almost every single case, it's given to you because there's an expectation of it. You didn't earn it, so you shouldn't have it. And as Satanists, you shouldn't fucking care! Why do you use public forums to share your edgy ideas if it's not what you should be doing as a Satanist? What you should be doing is focusing on your own life, working toward goals that will elevate yourself. And by demonstrating your excellence, People recognize you as excellent. Not by saying it. Not by trolling people. It's disgusting to witness. Um, your free speech isn't being ham uh, hampered if you are kicked off of a social media platform. It's not. You can still say whatever you want to say in the mirror, in the closet, in the public square, on your soapbox. You can do whatever you want and say whatever you want. But if you're using someone else's platform, it is not your choice whether or not they accept your behaviors. The reality that you have to accept is that you are a commodity that they are using to sell and make money. You are a product, not a person if you're using social media so when they kick your ass off for saying shit that they can't sell anymore you're just a rotten piece of vegetation that they're throwing away they don't care about you and your independence as a person you're not a person to them you're a dollar sign who just made it impossible to sell or earn from that's it And ultimately, what it means is that you are the very thing that you claim to hate. You are the herd. You are the mindless drone 
doing what the public expects you to do and you are loving it. It's disgusting. Uh, what do you people say? Social media banning bits got a lot to do with these companies not being defined as either publishers versus platforms. That's true, um, but the fact is, is it's a corporation that's there to make money. If they can't make money off you, then they don't need you. And that's, that's literally what you sign up for and you agree to uh, by using their platforms. We have free speech, but we still have to be respectful in ways. It's just common sense. Well, again, if you're a product, you do not have free speech. You are only valuable as long as you go along with the rest of the herd. As soon as you stop, then you're no longer valuable. We need to stop thinking of ourselves as individuals in social media platforms because you're not. You are a dollar sign. They are selling your existence. I know because professionally, I buy your existence. I create ads, I pay social media companies to put my clients creative in front of your eyes to convince you to do A or B. And it's up to me to decide which is that which that is. And it's up to these companies to decide which of you it's shown to. You don't have a choice in any of this. You are a lemming. If you don't like it, stop engaging in it. It's a choice you make. Anton LaVey said, we don't need them anymore. Hemistanic Empire or Battle of Hem of the Apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, and uncomfortable with how it looks like the entire country is lining up on opposite sides of a battlefield. That's never good for those of us who don't value the dichotomy. Dog, that's true. Um, <laughs> but it's because of social media sites that that is happening more than it would naturally. They are amping it up turning it up to 11. They're carving out sides, convincing people who would normally not take a side to then take sides. That is what they're paid to do, and that is what they do. And we cannot honestly complain about it while we're engaging in it. <laughs> like, you can't. You're part of the problem if you do. You know, it's really that simple. I hate people who bitch about, do not complain about that which you need not subject yourself to. Every single person bitching about free speech being taken away by social media platforms is complaining about things which they need not subject themselves to. Uh, that's how I see it anyway. Uh, to get, uh, let's see. They don't give a shit about me, so I don't give a shit about them. Here, here. What is given can be taken away. Yes, absolutely. Apparently, you've never seen my nudes on social media. <laughs> Wes. <laughs> I've seen them in real life. <laughs> Uh, it's intriguing how during the lockdown, essential employees were the only ones allowed to continue working, and yet marketing social media profiles were unaffected. It's true. During the Great Depression, the only companies that survived were the ones advertising, even though they didn't make money off of it. The same thing. During a lockdown, the only companies that are going to survive are the ones that advertise, so they need your data. We need it. And we used it the whole time. Um, GNP, I don't know what that means. Uh, I never thought of it like that, but good point. And, and here's the other thing. Disagree with me. I don't care. I know professionally how I buy your data and sell you ideas. That's how I make a living. 
I know how it works. I know why it works. And I know that it works. It's true. And so if you think you're an individual, you're just fooling yourself. You're not. The algorithms work for them. Absolutely, Chris. They totally do. Uh, genuine on social media for your own business. No shame in that. Here's the other thing. Um, <laughs> Wes needs an OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, the other thing is that um, can you engage in social media, sell your data knowingly, and still come out on top? Yeah. Yeah, if you're knowing what you're doing and you're using it to your advantage, you can use it to your advantage. Hells yes, you can. As a Satanist, you totally can. Most people don't. Most people just go in there to try to bloviate their own failing egos or feel better about themselves when they're having a shitty fucking day. That's it. And that means that you are a lemming. If you're not actively maneuvering and manipulating, then you are the one being manipulated. Uh, okay. <laughs> Who says he doesn't already have one? Oh, shit. Uh, okay, that's all really all I want to talk about. It, I, I know that it's going to be happening because it's happening in the world. The tr Trump, the president, was kicked off social media uh, when people started going to a, a different, new, popular uh, media uh, platform. Uh, two of the biggest companies that sell apps on their platform or offer apps on their platform, Apple and Google, took that platform off. And so I know people are complaining about social media. They're complaining about free speech and rights. And if you're a Satanist, don't be stupid and complain about it. <laughs> because you know better. You straight up know better. Don't be that guy. <laughs> it's just pathetic. It makes us all look like assholes because you're being an asshole. Stop being a dumb ass. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's do a little informer. been too long since i've seen that film it's so good all right let's do this first one this is gonna set us off right <laughs> for adam to lose his freaking mind pro-trump republican freshman who joined josh Hawley's election crusade should worry us this is from nbcnews.com this week's biggest political story was undoubtedly the violent attempted coup perpetuated by President Donald Trump's supporters at the U.S. Capitol. But we should not forget the legislative events that this long-planned insurrection coincided with and indeed was largely motivated by. Some eight Republican senators and 139 Republican House members objected to the Electoral College vote tallies in Pennsylvania and Arizona confirming President-elect Joe Biden's victory in. As has been written previously and exhaustively, these objections were always doomed to fail. But the objections did their job of providing a public spectacle and a rallying cry for insurrectionists. It prolonged and drew attention to a process that for nearly every presidential election has served as a 
rubber stamp. It serves as a chance for Republican members to signal their fealty to Donald Trump above all else, even the Republic. It gave them an opportunity to say that they would rather lose American democracy than see Trump lose an election. Think about that for a second. Importantly, some members protested the presidential election results in their own states. That is, they objected to the electoral systems that put them in office. Others objected to the elections that put their new colleagues into office. Senator Tommy Tuberville, Republican Alabama, was sworn in on Sunday as Doug Jones's replacement. One of his first acts as a senator was to object to a free and fair election. Indeed, he did so after Wednesday's after Wednesday's violent events, he was one of three newly minted senators to register objections to one or both of the states. In the House, the number of the first-time lawmakers opposing Electoral College votes totals was far higher. Those who objected, including Rep, uh, Representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, Madison Cawthorn of New, uh, North Carolina, Lauren Boebert of Colorado, and Diane Harshbarger of Tennessee. Now, not long ago, calling for the overturning of a presidential election was seen as a risky activity, and the only people who would make such arguments were either stray cranks or those with enough experience and with respectable enough reputations to be taken seriously. For these freshman Republicans to be doing so with just a few days of experience under their belts suggests such extremism is now the mainstream, mainstream position within the Republican Party. And distinguishing oneself by undermining democratic elections is a possible path to advancement. This is highly concerning for the future. But to find another widespread objection to legitimate election results in which a bulk of the majority party simply refused to accept the other party's victory, you'd really have to go back to 1860, as E.J. Dion noted in a recent piece. Southern Democrats vehemently objected to Abraham Lincoln's election because the Republican had made clear his party's opposition to the expansion of slavery into U.S. territories. The Southern Democrats were not simply objecting this, um, objecting to his policies, however. They considered his election illegitimate, dismissing him as a sectional president who won only around 40% of the popular vote. We shouldn't lionize these people, obviously. These members of Congress were agitating on behalf of human enslavement, and their actions fomented the Civil War. They were, as Lincoln observed, advocating anarchy. But in some ways, their approach was much more honest. They didn't manufacture flimsy evidence or bizarre theories to try to claim that Lincoln was improperly elected. Rather, they said that a nation that could elect Lincoln was not one they wanted to be a part of. They valued the slave economy more than they valued democracy, and rather than accept a loss, they left. Today's protesting Republicans offer no such corrupted principles. They want to trash democratic elections because Trump lost, even while they benefit from their own elections under the exact same system. The danger inherent in the Republicans' behavior today is not as immediate as the, that perpetuated by Democrats in 1860, but it is nevertheless substantial. Imagine if Republicans win control of the House and Senate in 2022, historically quite possible, and Biden wins re-election in 2024 by similar margins in swing states. 
Now imagine Republicans filling the same objections as they have this month, following the precedent they laid down in 2020. Only they now have the votes to dismiss electoral votes and theoretically install a Republican president. The result is a democratic crisis, no less of one that the nation faced in the early 1860s. This is real. This is happening right now. And we have Republicans in office who do not like America and do not like democracy. They would rather install a dictator, Trump, than to recognize your vote. They're supposed to be there serving you and they're actively trying to tear down the very system that got them in place. This is where we are. This is the reality we are facing. And if you think that the violence, the pathetic storming of the Capitol that happened earlier this week is the last we're going to see of this, you are fooling yourself. On the 20th, there's going to be more activity. And who knows from then on out how much more is going to happen. The, fast, the fact that Trump and those who supported him have not faced consequences yet is a statement about the future. It is saying that you can try to overturn democracy and nothing is going to happen to you. If you fail, oh well, better luck next time. If you succeed, well then what the fuck are we all doing here? What are we doing? That's what's at stake right now. It's not hyperbole. It's not pretending. It's real. And some of you watching voted them into office. Do you like democracy? Do you like America? You should honestly think about that. Because if you're trying to overturn the election, your actions are telling everyone else what you're afraid to admit. That you would rather live in a dictatorship than America. It's that simple. America is an idea. Sometimes you're on top and sometimes you're on bottom. Politically, that's the reality of it. If you don't ever want to be on the bottom, that's no longer America. What do you guys have to say? Uh, it's funny how the elections were okay, but someone else's was unlawful. Yeah, no, that's how it works. And we're going to get into that here when I start talking about vice too, because people complain about this election being rigged. Well, we did have one that was and is now modern history fact rigged to reference. Uh, you have family in the Secret Service and he wants Trump right now. It was a surprise to you because he's very evangelic and super right wing, but he hates Trump for making the SS need to handle his, for making the SS need to handle his bullshit Secret Service. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's, he's endangered a lot of his Secret Service agents. I mean, just with the pandemic alone, he's, he's made them sick and gotten some of them ill. Um, just your opinion, you think the whole thing is nothing more than getting people wrapped up in their control tactics? I think it's much more serious than that uh, in this particular case, only because 
We're seeing action. If it was just political machinations and just talking points on cable TV and, you know, people writing op-eds, well, that's, that's politics. That's always been the case. Divisions are easily created. But as soon as it starts turning into violent action where people are getting killed, and they did, when they're throwing down pipe bombs and carrying firearms to try and hey, fucking nooses built right outside of the Capitol and people are going in with zip ties looking for the vice president. Well, it's a little bit more than just division at that point. Um... Arnold Schwarzenegger pulled out a video comparing the Capitol riot to the Night of Broken Glass. I'm not familiar with the Night of Broken Glass, um, but I do get your point of uh, sensationalizing it. I, I even heard, like I didn't read the article or watch any video or anything, but I did see an article like he pulled out his Conan the Barbarian sword or something like that. Like, he's not a politician anymore. He's not a fucking fitness guy anymore. He's riding on his reputation. I'm not going to shame him for it because he earned it, but he's just a dude. <laughs> did you see the politics uh, the police waving them in i didn't see it but i did hear about it so it's hard for me to comment on it one side thinks it's all uh it's all heads one side thinks it's talks the third side knows it's a coin toss i'm not entirely sure about that either i think as soon as you can recognize the invisible war in action you can start manipulating it uh it means you're not going to be manipulated by it it's a choice, I think. So we can either just sort of hands off and just let it happen, or we can do what we can. And that's what I'm doing. Even to whatever small fraction of the world I'm speaking to. Uh, that's what I'm doing. It's action. All right, let's do the second one. It's a little bit more fun, a little less. I, I, I do want, I want to impress on this last point here. I think it's very important. Um, it's easy to be hyperbolic. It's easy to make overblown statements um, like the end of democracy and stuff. We saw it attempt to happen. We all saw it. We all saw the video. It's no longer hyperbolic. It actually happened. And I don't think it's the last time we're going to see it. We're going to see it again. I think we're going to see it on the 20th as well. So, honestly, stop equivocating the left and the right as equally bad or equally evil or equally liars. There is nothing equal about it. Period. There, there just hasn't been and there isn't. They're not either side good or great, but they're not equal either. If there's no such thing as equality, why are we trying to do that politically? Everyone's like, yeah, but the Democrats are just as corrupt. Are they? Are they corrupt? Yes. Are they just as corrupt? Not a fucking chance in the world. They don't try to do what just happened. You don't see Democrats storming into a public arena trying to capture this vice president to hang him on the front steps. You don't see that. So stop trying to make them equal. They are not. Is one better than the other? Depends on your position. But they're not equal. Okay, okay. Let's see. Night of Broken Glass is when the Nazi invaded Austria. Ah, ah, okay. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's like that. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure I agree with that. It was bad, but 
don't think it was that bad. All right, let's. Uh... <laughs> I mean, there there were no ovens, right? If if I watched a bunch of alt right and Trump cult supporters dragging in <laughs> ovens to throw people in, or you know, lining them up in pens to ship them off to ovens, well, then maybe it's a maybe it's somewhere. But I don't see that. This is more brown shirt territory than it is uh, that, in my opinion. All right, let's do um, let's do this next one. All right, I talked about when uh, Jupiter and Saturn were aligning. We're getting another one. We're getting another one, people. Oh my gosh, I love this stuff. Here's how to spot the rare conjunction of Jupiter, Mercury, Saturn in the sky tonight. And if it's nighttime where you're living and watching this right now, go outside. I'll wait for you. It's happening. You can see it right now. If it's not overcast. All right. Those, this is from uh, khon2.com. Those who got a kick out of watching Jupiter and Saturn cozy up in what some called the Christmas star may want to look outside a little after sundown from Saturday, January 9th to Monday, January 12th. From January 9th to 12th, Jupiter and Saturn will be joined, menage a trois style, by Mercury in the southwestern sky. This celestial event is known as a triple conjunction, which means three planets appear to meet each other in the sky for a short period of time. I imagine they're like high-fiving, you know, like dude bros do when they like say something mean to someone else, <laughs> you know, or I don't know, knock books out of some kid's hands in school or something. That's kind of what the planets are doing. Or something like it, I imagine. Uh, in reality, there are millions of miles apart. The formation of the planetary triangle is rare, but not as infrequent as the closer grand conjunction seen last week, according to the Weather Channel. Shortly after sunset on January 9th, look above this southwestern horizon to see Mercury to the left of Saturn and Jupiter positioned just above Saturn. The window to see the conjunction will be short. Quote, from Friday evening to Monday evening, the planet... Uh, Mercury will appear to pass first by Saturn and then by Jupiter as it shifts away from the horizon, visible each evening low in the west-southwest and setting before evening twilight ends, NASA wrote on its website. The southwestern sky is where the sun sets this time of year, so following the path of the sunset will point you in the right direction. The reflected light from the planets should make them appear brighter than surrounding stars. Another uh, little tip is that stars twinkle, planets do not. Uh, so it should help you pinpoint them if you see a lot of stars in the sky. According to Space.com, all three planets will fit within the field of view of binoculars. Mercury and Saturn will be a challenge to see within the evening twilight, except for skywalkers at, uh, sky watchers at southerly latitudes, where the sky will darken faster. Viewers should find an unobstructed view of the horizon and begin stargazing no later than 45 minutes after sundown. So chances are if you're on the East Coast, you already missed it. The planets will form a triple conjunction again on February 13th, according to NASA. This is stuff that I just love because, it, look, we've got a lot going on in our lives. If, if modern society is stressful, and it is, and it's a heavy weight that we have to bear, this past year has just made it so much worse, so much worse in so many different ways. And now at the beginning of this year, it's just not looking any better. And so if we've ever needed a time to step off of this planet with our mind and witness the grandeur of the universe of our own solar system, 
Now's the fucking time we need it. We need it desperately bad to look at a big picture, to realize that we're locked on this planet and we're causing these problems to each other and to ourselves. We're the problem, but we don't have to be. We can just stop being assholes. Like, it's a choice, man. <laughs> it's honestly a choice. And if it takes an alignment of three planets or a conjunction of three planets to just step away from yourself for 45 minutes, oh, fuck, let's do it. Oh, sweet hell, please, let's do it. I want it so bad. <laughs> I was going to open this up with the cold open of me singing The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow. Just a couple of verses. Because it will. The madness that we are in is fleeting and temporary. We will get to the other side of it. And it sucks for some people more than others, and it's devastating for some more than others. But we will get on the other side. Don't lock in to this fucking rock and the people around you. Realize that there are things happening that are infinitely larger than you. We don't have to be buried and feel hopeless and feel small. We can marvel at the fucking universe all around us. And it is happening right now, allowing us an opportunity to get out of our own skin for a second. So do it. Do it for you. And it's beautiful. I mean, these planets are genuinely beautiful. And if it encourages you to listen to maybe Holst the Planets or Thus Spake Zarathustra by Strauss or, you know, whatever classical music you want to engage in and elevate your spirit, as it were, while you're witnessing it, all the better. That's a short one. I just want to talk about it because I love space. <laughs> I love space. It's just fun. It was also January 6th, Jeff says. I don't remember that. Are you talking about the last alignment of just Jupiter and Saturn? You know, my dude, not sure it's a choice for some people. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be right. But I know it's a choice for me. Uh, you can read a newspaper 12 miles into space. That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Little known fact. All right, people. Let's... Uh, Let's, do a, let's dive right back into the madness with Vice and Creature Features. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got to say right off the bat, I'm a huge Christian Bale fan. Uh, I thought what he did with American Psycho was perfect. Literally perfect. Um, all of the other films he's been in, I've really, really enjoyed. Some of them are better than others, but I've really enjoyed them. Uh, as an actor, I think he's fantastic. Uh, as Batman, I thought he was great. <laughs> Just straight up great. As Dick Cheney, he's too real. 
All right, so let's talk about Vice. Vice is a 2018 American biographical satirical comedy drama film written and directed by Adam McKay. It stars Christian Bell as former U.S. Vice President Dick Cheney with Amy Adams, Steve Carell, Sam Rockwell, Justin Kirk, Tyler Perry, Allison Pill, Lily Rabe, and Jesse Plemons. The logline for the film is... The story of Dick Cheney, an unassuming bureaucratic Washington insider who quietly wielded immense power as vice president to George W. Bush, reshaping the country and the globe in ways that we still feel today. And we do. I, I just want to just lay this out for everyone. As bad as you think Trump is, he didn't get us into any new wars. He actually kept us out of them. I don't like the guy. I think he's a piece of shit, but that's a fact. So I appreciate him for that. And he very easily could have started a fucking war with Iran. Easily, because he had hawks in his cabinet trying to. And he didn't. So fucking good on him. Bush and Cheney started wars that we are still in today. We are still in. We destabilized an entire region, not because they deserved it, but because we wanted their oil to benefit the very people in power making the decisions to attack them. That's real. It happened and it's happening and we're still suffering and your sons and daughters, your mothers and fathers, your brothers and sisters have fucking died so that they could have more fucking cash. And we're still suffering today. You can draw a straight line from Bush White House, to the Tea Party, to the Trump cult, to fucking last week of insanity. A straight fucking line. Alright, um, not that I have any real opinions on the subject. I lost relations with my family because... When 9-11 happened, I was in the military and I was on fucking lockdown and I was seeing what was happening and I was hearing what was actually happening and I started talking to my conservative, religious, Christian family about how fucking bullshit it was that America was doing what we were doing and they fucking disowned me because of it. Because they chose to believe lies that are now recognized and admitted lies over their own fucking son and brother. The film received eight nominations at the 91st Academy Awards, including a Best Picture nomination and a win for Best Makeup and Hairstyling, six nominations at the 76th Golden Globe Awards, including a nomination for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, six nominations at the 72nd British Academy Film Awards, Bale, Adams and Rockwell were nominated at all three shows, with Bale winning the Golden Globe Award for Best Actor, Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. It was released again in December 11th, 2018. It had a $60 million budget. It only made $76.1 million in the box office. I think people were just tired of hearing about this shit, uh, and so people just didn't show up. It currently is sitting on IMDb with a 7.2 out of 10 rating, and on Rotten Tomatoes it is 65% fresh, with a 60% audience score. I think that's a political... Bent. You're going to like this if you think one political way. You're not going to like it if you think a different political way. What it does do brilliantly is set up the truth about the Republicans in the Bush administration. It, and it's not trying to demonize them. It's actually, in some cases, it glorified them a little too much, in my opinion. But it set them up as honestly as one can without being 
demonizing, you know, without condemning them, uh, which I thought was an interesting way to do it. If it was Oliver Stone, like we saw in W, he did shit on the, the administration, really, deservedly so in my opinion, but he did shit on them. Um, you can start further back at Bush, to be honest. I, I, you have to recognize, I think, the stark contrast between the Bush W White House and every White House before it, because it was a norm changer. It, it stopped being um, the vice president is just there as a shitty job to, you know, vote uh, in a tie or to just be a figurehead and turned into the vice president having executive authority with zero oversight. And it started with the 2000 election that they literally stole. They did not have the votes. They literally lost the votes. The Supreme Court ruled in their favor because they packed the courts. And it wasn't until months after that we realized the truth of it. And then it was too late because they were already in office and uh, Gore already declined. And I reflected on this as I was losing my mind watching this film reliving the era that I grew up in. Um, what if? What if Bush didn't get into office? What if Gore did? And I don't know if anyone knows about Gore, um, but climate change was recognized and accepted in the 70s. When Carter got into office as president, he put solar panels on the roof and he was moving forward with an environmental policy. Ronald Reagan tore them down and stopped it. The Republican Party spun climate change into a lie from being an accepted reality. And it is because of them that we're suffering today. It's a straight up fucking fact. Their policies spun it and twisted it and canceled it. So much so that some fucking idiots actually believe climate change is not a real thing today. That's how good they are at it. If Gore won, well, he won, if he would have fought the ruling longer and not accepted it, he would have been president, would we have gone to Iraq? No, because they had nothing to do with 9-11. Would we have gone into Afghanistan? Probably. Yeah, probably. More likely than not. Um, but we would not have gone to Iraq. We would not have destabilized the entire Middle East. ISIS would not have existed. ISIS was created because of Al-Zakawi, I can't even say his damn name. Um, he, his reputation was bloviated by the Bush administration, by Rumsfeld, by Cheney, by Powell, by Bush himself. And it was because of America paying him so much attention that in the vacuum we created in Iraq, he was able to form ISIS and torture, murder, and assault the entire Middle East and threaten Western democracy. We created him. In the same way that we created fucking bin Laden, the difference is we shut bin Laden down uh, after we realized what we did. <laughs> Took us a little while to find him, to be fair, but we shut his ass down. We need to uh, uh, accept the realities um, of the choices that our, this country has made. And stop putting on these rose glasses and saying that, well, we're America, so we must always be right and we must always be correct. Well, we're not. And we're not. 
we've done horrible things. And the only way we can move out of the fantasy is to accept the reality and then make decisions moving forward that are not horrible. Uh, I don't fault anyone for making money however they can make money. I fault them at doing it at the expense of the civilians that they're supposed to be protecting. And that's what they did. Um, Reagan started the conservative and corporate takeover of our country. They did not start the fanatical... Um, oh, they did... I mean, the neocons. That, that came out of Reagan. So yes, you're absolutely right. That's where that stemmed from. But they didn't seize power in the way that the Bush White House did. That totally hid all emails. There was zero oversight. They broke the fucking law. They committed war crimes and got away with it. There was no consequences to them. Except that they lost an election. <laughs> and even then, nothing happened. Because Obama was a feckless fucking corporatist too. Like, it's... Okay, so uh, the film starts from Cheney's early years of being a drunk and a wild man. Goes into his early politics being the right-hand man to Rumsfeld. And then serving in the Reagan administration. And then ultimately going into corporate, uh, being the CEO of Halliburton. And that's when he was brought back into politics because George W. Bush was the stupidest president we've ever had. I talk a lot of shit about Trump. You guys didn't know me when I was talking shit about Bush. He was the stupidest president we have ever had. Uh, he needed Cheney in order to win the presidency. He didn't win the first time. He won the second time. And if it wasn't for Cheney, he never would have had a fucking chance. That's how stupid he is. Um, it, it then goes into how he saw the power of the president and how he believed the, the president can do literally anything. It's um, a unilateral... I can't remember the term, um, but basically it just means that the, the president is essentially a king. Which again is against the Constitution, it's against the American Republic, but that's how conservatives see it. That's how a certain population of conservatives, of Republicans, see the power of the president, until it's the other guy in power. Uh, and so when they become in power, then they do whatever the fuck they want. That's, that's how it works. They grab more power, and then the next president who comes in doesn't give it back, and so the president just keeps gaining more and more authority and more and more power. Um, that's unfortunately how it works and it started really really badly with them and again we are still suffering because of it we have american soldiers american civilians uh, citizens sorry uh well civilians too as uh, contract workers uh in wars right now and it started back then we're coming on 20 fucking years 20 years of being at war. How many of you knew that? How many of you even thought this country was at war? That tells you that there are different classes of citizens if you didn't think about it, or you weren't aware of it, or it's never been in your mind. People are fighting right now for money. Not for your country, not for patriotism, 
not for the betterment of you as a citizen, for fucking money. And it's pathetic. It's disgusting, in my opinion. Uh, what if we made it good cop, bad cop gig where the president is the people's president and the vice president is the criminal's president? Uh, Cheney might be the only man in history to shoot his friend in the face and that same friend would apologize to him on news! He apologized to the man who shot him in the face for having him have to deal with that. It happened! It was really happened! That never has insane! <laughs> and it happened! Unbelievable! Uh, yeah, Hulu has it. That's where I watched it this last week. It's amazing. I mean, first of all, Amy Adams and Christian Bell are just fucking phenomenal. They're great actors, and they do a really, really good job. Uh, you actually do feel for them as human beings, even though there's nothing human about Dick Cheney at all. He sold out his own ideals. He sold out his daughter. He sold out the country. Hands down. He's a horrible human being. Uh, we need mandatory service like the, the real Israelis have. I totally agree with that. I think there should be two years of mandatory public service, whether it's in military or some sort of state you know, service like medical or know, librarian or you know, some sort of service to your community so you have a sense of sacrifice that makes you a better citizen i think satanists certainly should understand what that means so that they can game it because if you don't understand it you can't use it to your advantage and that's just fucking ignorance um uh i i the whole idea of forgetful of past orthodoxies or just being totally ignorant of them is that, again, if you don't know about history, you're doomed to repeat it. I'm not so stupid as to think that any country or any corporation or any group of humans is going to do anything for the betterment of all people. And I don't think that they should. I think everyone should be out for them, but I do think you should minimize the collateral damage as much as possible. You're never going to get rid of it all, but minimize it. Because there's no reason to be a dick in life. You can just succeed. You don't have to step on others in order to succeed. And you certainly don't have to sacrifice them. Especially if they don't even know that's what they're sacrificing themselves for. I genuinely believe, when it's in your best interest, to be as honest and open as possible as a human. Caveats aside. I would like to be in a country that serves its citizens. We elect these people into office. We give them our fucking money. They should spend it and act on our best interest, not on their own. And so when I see stuff like this, I'm not surprised, but it does piss me off. And so I become politically aware and active. That's why I care. I don't want people to use me. And if I can somehow stop it or make a dent in it or try to shift it, well, then I'm going to try to. Because I'm a fucking Satanist. And that's what I do. I manipulate the environment around me to my desires. Sometimes I'm successful and sometimes I'm not. But I'm not going to just fucking wipe my hands and just move away with it. And just give up because it's so hard or it takes effort. Fuck that. I'm a Satanist. I care about my life. And you should too.
whether you're a Satanist or not. Um, it's a great show. It made me very angry, and I was screaming for a while. Genuinely. <laughs> I feel sorry for my wife sometimes having to put up with me. Um, but I relived those days, which were not good. I was in lockdown in Mannheim, Germany, on 24-hour guard duty for months. And it sucked. Now, I'm alive, so I can't complain too much. Reliving it sucked. But it was a good film. <laughs> so I recommend you watch it. And if you don't know anything about this period in history, this recent period in history, you need to educate yourself. It's only ramped up. It has only gotten worse, not better. And it's because people are ignorant about it. People don't want to engage. You can stop it by engaging, by educating yourself. So make the choice. And that is it for this episode of Nine Cents. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, so many people have shitty parents and an intervention like mandatory service would be beneficial. Here, here, silly. Yes, yes, and yes. So it's ideal to send 18-year-olds to participate in to potential war crimes or be exposed to known uh, carcinogens. There's always a reason to not force someone into something. Uh, if you are a part of a society, I believe you need to be a part of that society. It means you have to be a productive member of that society. And the only way that you understand what that means is to serve that society. Period. That's it. Otherwise, you just sit back and allow others to give you your freedom and you get all the same rights without having to earn any of it. I think you should have to earn rights that a civilization gives you. There's nothing worse, in my opinion, than piece of shit human beings who exploit the benefits of the nation that they were just fortunate enough to live in and then complain about having to do something back like pay taxes or do jury duty or vote or or you know serve their community in some way you're benefiting from other people doing that if they didn't do that you wouldn't have the rights that you're abusing there's only a few things that you have to do as an American to be able to do anything you want or are capable of doing. Pay your fucking taxes, do jury duty, and sign up for selective service that we haven't called in decades. That's it. And you can do whatever the fuck you want. It's a small price to pay to take two measly years to understand what civic service actually means and how your society actually operates. And it only makes you a better person in the process. Drives me nuts. It's just, you're, you're sucking at my tit and you didn't even fucking earn it. My tit's sore. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. <laughs> you're sucking at my tit. You're a fucking dick. All right. That's it. That's all I got. Let me take another sip. Basil Hayden. It's really good. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm jumping off my soapbox. That's it for this episode of Nine Cents. I hope you enjoyed it. You can view past episodes of my other satanic series or this satanic series on my website, reverendcampbell.com. If you want to support this show, sign up to the, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, sign up to the email list, and like the video. 
by liking the video, you are uh, telling YouTube that it's worth your time and potentially worth someone else's so that they recommend it to other people. So I appreciate it if you could. Um, if you don't, okay, be a dick. <laughs> I, don't, I can't change your mind. You just That's how you roll. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about Satanism or the Church of Satan, check out the Satanic Bible and visit churchofsatan.com. And until next week, hail Satan, everyone. Thanks for joining me again. Thank you.